Welcome back, fans of Building Aaronsburg. <laughs> we need to find a coin, a name for them. We'll take suggestions. Yeah. I'm Thomas Aaronsburg. And I'm Catherine Aaronsburg. And this is our podcast, Building Aaronsburg. Um, last time we talked kind of very generally. Our origin story. About uh, kind of how this all started. And we kind of jumped around a lot. Um, so this week, this day, whatever, however you're listening to this, this episode. You're binge listening to these 10 in a row. So this is all, this is like an hour. This is like an hour after your first one. Even binging yes. them. <laughs> That's right. how you're listening to these. What are we talking about today? Um, what we're going to talk about is, you know, in, in our last podcast, we kind of said we didn't really have a plan and we were kind of figuring stuff out as we went along. And probably one of the very first things we figured out the hard way is that you should just always do it right the first time. Oh, yes. All right. So the first area of doing it right the first time, obviously, is with the home building. Right. We we have done several projects uh, where we did it either because we didn't know what we were doing or we thought it was cheaper or easier to do it a certain way. And then... In our defense, YouTube was not as good as it is now. That's true. <laughs> and Google, for that matter. I mean... Yeah. I mean, we started in 2006. We started renovating a house in 2006. I think YouTube started in, like, 2005 or something. I don't know. There weren't very many so. videos, is all I know. And we were... We didn't know where to buy materials. We were buying, like, second-grade materials from places and, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, but I think a lot of that was because it was cheap. I mean, it was... It was what we could know, afford. Three dollars... It was what we could afford versus a dollar fifty square foot. Because you know, back to us not knowing knowing what we were doing, I think, as I recall, I put like everything down on the house. Like not all my life savings, but a huge chunk of it was the down payment on this house, which left me nothing to really do any renovations. Right. So renovations were be done were being done with the cash out of our pockets. Right. Which is fine. That's still how we do things to this day, actually. We don't take out loans. We don't do that kind of stuff. Um, and that's how we are able to afford it and still have an affordable mortgage, you know. And those are all details that we can talk about later, too. But um, but certainly, we were looking for the least expensive way to do some of these renovations and make them look, you know, the best that they could for the least amount of budget. Blogs were kind of just becoming in their heyday at that point. Um, certainly not nearly as many of them as there are now. There wasn't Pinterest back then. Like all of these great ideas that were coming from home bloggers and and people who had ideas on how to do things and had figured it out um, didn't exist then. And so we were those people who were figuring out, but we weren't putting it online because we yeah, didn't know no, what we, we were, were not, doing. We were not proud of that work. No. Although we'll say some, we were some things we time. were proud of it. Yeah. And then you get a month or two down the road and stuff's already falling apart. Yeah. And you start to realize, like, oh, yeah, this like, we didn't so do that right. For example, the floors that we put in our very first yes. house, we had purchased them. That's from... actually the first thing I have written down here is the floors we put in the very first house versus the floors that we did in the second house and the floors that we're going to do in this house. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to make sure that that they're done right because I mean, flooring to do flooring, you have to completely clear everything out of your house, mm-hmm. pretty much, and completely turn your life upside down just to do the floors so it's not like it's something that you're going to come back to probably for years once it's done it's done so do it right the first time for sure the other thing that 
that I would say for this subject that we've discovered over time is choosing what projects you're going to do and how they're going to be designed based on living in a place for a while. So it always makes me recoil slightly when I see people doing renovations before they've moved into houses because I don't think that you can truly do the right renovation without knowing how you're going to use that space first. And so I think that that's something that we had done in the past where we renovated things and then we're like, oh shoot, we should have put a cabinet here or we should have done this. It makes more sense to have done it this way. The layout would have made more sense that way. And so, you know, doing things right the first time isn't just the subject of uh, building something correctly. It's also designing it correctly to your lifestyle. Um, And what I love so much about that is that I've taken that into my own business and my own career too, because I know what it's like to have things designed badly. And so I try so hard to take into account how people live their lives and listen to how they use that space to design something. Yeah. I would say that's something I, I never really even thought about even now as you're saying it, you know, in terms of doing it right the first time being the design being such a big part of doing it right the first time. I mean, to me, it's material and, you know, when to do it and how to do it, but not necessarily like the the pre-planning. It's a multifaceted thing for sure, because I always say that design is the layout and then all the pretty things that you put inside of it or the style, the color that you choose, right. all that type stuff. That's That's the style of it. But the construction materials that we were actually using for some of those projects that we did way back in the the beginning, those were bad, um, not design choices and not style choices. They were bad material choices, which that's a thing too. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of well, the way that they went down too. I mean, the the whole gluing technique for floors, I will never do that again. Oh sure, well because we we. We knew that the option could be to put plywood down first. Underneath it. So we haven't told you what what we did in this house. This first house that we lived in, um, I think it had carpet everywhere pretty much. This house was built. It It had carpet. Ranch. (laughs) Cats and dog hair and all kind of stuff. It was a 1960s ranch style house. So you can imagine they're the same pretty much all over the country. It had wall-to-wall carpet. And I think it was original. If not, it It had to be been replaced once. Scooby-Doo green kind of color. Yeah, and blue. I mean, it was various different colors. And so it all got ripped out. And so beneath that was a slab, a concrete slab. Right. And so what do you do on top of that? Well, I wanted wood. I wanted a wood flooring because that's nice and it's fancy. And that's what I thought I wanted because I was 23 years old and I didn't really know what the options are. And so there's a place in town, which is an import store. It's called Southeastern Salvage. I still shop there to this day. I still buy materials from there, but I'm a lot more careful. But we bought these um, wood floors. They looked like, Thomas always called them basketball floors. They looked like a basketball court. It was like... um Un, un, um, stained. I guess it was pine. I thought they were oak. I don't know what they were. They look like a basketball floor. Very bright, light colored. You know, long strips. Long, like maybe like two inch strips or whatever. Right. So we're laying these things all over in the house, and instead of doing the proper way, which would have been to lay plywood, a thin sheet of plywood, and level everything up, and then toenail in with a floor nailer all of those pieces of wood we decided we would glue them down and we didn't have any plywood. We glued these floors, these strips of wood directly down to the slab, to the slab, which is like the dumbest thing ever. Cause moisture can that still must get under be there. a method though. I mean, why else would they sell the glue and they sold 
the trowel. Like it was a whole thing. We like, haven't. You need we the haven't glue gone and you back. Need this trowel. Yeah, and, we haven't gone back and really analyzed because I'm sure there probably was a piece of plywood or some other prep to the surface that we didn't do. But it probably. didn't take long before this this flooring was popping up. Right. Bowing, which I'm sure was a moisture issue and humidity because we live in the most humid place on the planet, and um, so we knew within a very short period of time that this was a bad, a bad deal. Right. But, you know, it's the Ikea syndrome a little bit, which is that you put this thing together and then you feel so proud of yourself for putting something together. I mean, we put 2000 square foot of wood floor down yeah. and you step back and look at it like we did this thing. It looked when we first put it down, it looked really good. Like I remember thinking like that, these whoever put these down, they were professionals. They knew what they were doing. And then it wasn't a few months and pieces were starting to slide out of place and there were right. gaps. Right. So I think so not even just, um, you know, what we're talking about here, which is doing things right the first time. I think, too, it's even knowing what questions to ask and what research to do. And some of that just comes with experience. Yeah. Um, and hopefully this podcast is providing you the, the information that you can just say, oh, I didn't even think about that. Let me go ask that question. Because that was, I, I think that that's like 90% of my battle at all times is not knowing what questions to even ask. Right. To not even know that that, that, that even exists to ask a question about it. So. Well, like, again, though, like you said, if if we were to do that again today, like if we were just getting in the business today, you could go on YouTube and you would have found very quickly like the, the gluing technique, either there's a more proper way to do it that we did not do, or there's a better way. Like don't do the, the glue technique works in these certain situations, but not in these others. And I would bet ours was not one of the situations it was supposed mm -hmm. to work in. So, and not even, not even just YouTube, but like I said, the bloggers and I mean, right. there's so many people that have put out so much great content about the the actual ways to get this stuff done that we just didn't have. They have pictures and they have videos and yeah, we just reviews. didn't have information. Like people people review the work that other people have done. And be like oh, you know, if you post a YouTube video about how to do it, there will be a comment later down like no, at the two minute and thirty second mark you did this and you should have done this right. or whatever. But I will say, as much as we're trying to defend the fact that we didn't know what we were doing, I still think that there's every mistake is valuable yes and every mistake is teaching us something moving forward that we won't do again and we'll know and hopefully we can I think that's a big part of it too though you have to be willing to admit that that was wrong yeah which we totally are I mean yeah. you, the evidence kind of speaks for itself but I, I would bet that there are probably some people that can't even get out of their own way and swallow their ego enough to say well no that was right if there is anything Whatever. that the last 15 years have taught me through every, all of these subjects that we're talking about on this podcast, family, building a business, you know, building, renovating houses, is the humility of admitting you made a mistake. Yeah. I mean, we've learned that one so many different times. We've made times. so many of them. We've gotten good at it. Yeah. We've gotten real good at just dusting our little knees off and getting going. So the second thing I want to talk about then is doing it right uh, when it comes to you building your business and kind of the things you've learned along the way there. Um, okay. Well, there's 
so many things <laughs> with the business. I think when I started my business, I never in the world thought that I was ever going to hire anybody. I always thought that it would be just me. Always. Forever and ever. And now I have two employees, which is not a ton. Um, but man, uh, hiring employees is just as nerve-wracking as I ever thought it would be. Um, but definitely rewarding too. And that means the business is growing. So that's a great thing. But um, so I, th I think like anything else, I had goals for myself, mm -hmm. but not necessarily goals for the business, which I think has probably saved me a lot of heartache um, in the end from not, because I think when you, you make certain goals and they don't get met, there's a lot of disappointment that comes along with that. Right. Um, the, I think the only things that I knew I wanted was um, to be able to stay home with the kids as long as they were at home before they went to school. I knew that I wanted to um, do something entrepreneurial. Honestly, my business has evolved and I've tried to get out of the landscape business like four different times, yeah, as know. you know. Yes. So there was times where I was making baby clothes and selling them at festivals. There was times where I was, you know, I still do sell stuff on Facebook Marketplace because that's just like my hobby and I love it. But there's... there's Let's not forget about... The chocolate-covered pretzels. Ooh, that was a good little Those side gig for a minute. Those so good. <laughs> I just, I've been entrepreneurial for a very long time, as long as I can remember. And so I knew that I wanted to stay home and raise the babies and that I wanted to do something, but I wasn't sure what. And landscape has just kind of kept being the uh, design, you know, that just yeah, kept, kept being, coming this, back it kept it. coming back. And so right. I decided, okay, this is the thing I'm going to have to figure out how it's going to work for me. How do you, Catherine, talking to myself, because when you're in a business by yourself, you ask yourself a lot of questions. There's no one else to ask. I mean, I could ask you, right. but you can't answer the question for me. So yeah. ultimately yeah. I'm the decision maker here. And so I would ask myself, how can you make this work for you? Because let me tell you, planting plans are not my favorite thing. And by not my favorite thing, I mean they are probably my least favorite thing. And I had gotten myself into a rut of landscape plans um and it was making me miserable i hated it i wasn't able yeah. it just it just made me so miserable so um but at the same time it was making the most money i mean you would do one plan it made most financial sense right so right. i was you know i was making baby i was sewing baby onesies i was in this baby mode and i had this design creativity brain to use and i had to get my hands on something so i was making all these baby onesies I had like designed all the packaging for them. I'd done all these things, arranged how they were going to be at the festival. There was different levels and like how my whole right. table is going to be arranged. And I was making like $4 per onesie, which equates to well, about... and the amount of time you put into making just one and designing one. And, right, which equates to like 25 cents an hour. Right. Meanwhile, someone brings me their landscape job and I do a planting plan and I make several hundred dollars. Right. And it took me a couple hours time. So I'm going from... 25 or 50 cents an hour to like 75 or a hundred dollars an hour. It's like, Catherine, you can't deny that that's figure it out. Right. This might not be what brings you joy. You know how people always say that, you know, find what you do as a hobby and then it'll become a business and you'll never work a day in your life. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> well, I think, I think in some ways you've done that though. I mean, I think like now to, I've done that. You, you like to be creative and you like to design things and style things. And it just didn't take the necessarily the, the path that you thought it would take. Right. And I think I think back to what I was originally saying, I made it 
work for me. I decided that I wanted to get into styling spaces more than the landscape, the plants, the actual naming of the plants that go into the space. I wanted to get into the pretties. I wanted to get into the pillows and the accessories and the fountains and the, the things that fill the space that make you feel like your exterior space is an interior space. Okay, Catherine. So how do you figure out how to do that for people? How do you, how do you sell that service when no one's buying that service? They think you're a landscape designer. They think you're doing planting plans. How do you sell a service that you want to do, but you're not currently doing? And so I started styling my own exterior spaces and filming it and putting videos on, on Facebook and YouTube and people started watching them and they thought, Oh, she does this, you know, and I was only doing it for myself at that time, but I wanted more business doing that. So people started hiring me for that. I started getting more and more into the content game of, of creating content, which I enjoy because, um, I feel like I'm teaching people and that was such a struggle for me too. I would put my prices out there for my business and I would have people who couldn't afford me, but I, I, truly feel like everybody deserves to have a beautiful exterior space and to love where they live. I I just believe that. Sorry. I believe that everybody should love their, their, the space where they live. I think that we should all feel at home at home and not want to just get, you know, come home from work and either hate where you're living or immediately want to go out and spend your time somewhere else. I want you to love where you live. And so it was hard for me to see people, they couldn't spend a couple hundred bucks. It's such a low budget to spend. My fees were eating into it. And so I thought, okay, well, this content, creating these videos is a way for me to give them that content for free and teach them how to do this thing. Right. So they can do it for themselves and create that space they love and spend the money they could have spent on me and spend it on more, you know, pillows or an outdoor table or whatever to create that space that I want for them to have to create the happiness and joy. And so, um, so that's a niche that I've gotten myself into and developed over, you know, I've been in business since 2008. So. Yeah. But what, what you're currently doing though, with your business and your videos hasn't really been a thing, but maybe for the last four years, maybe five, five? I would say, yeah, probably five. I think it was 2015 or so. Right. So it took you seven A very long time. To figure that part of it out. Yeah. But, you know, for the first part of my business, I was just doing um, CAD work, which is computer uh, rendering, where a local landscape architect or a local person was handing off the drawings, the hand drawings that they did, and they were handing them to me, and I was putting them into the computer. And so um, I was getting a few business, you know, of my own business drawings that I was doing and sketches for people. But for the most part, I was really kind of piggybacking off of the success in the business that other local landscape architects had. And so that, and that was fine at that time because we had little kids at home and that was enough to keep me, my toe in the game, my toe in the field, um, and not lose, you know, all my contacts and all that. And I was still making a little bit of money on the side. So that was enough. And I always equate it to, like a seesaw or a teeter-totter or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, scales basically where I was in the beginning heavy into the baby uh, rearing age of things and light on the business. And then it tipped over to where all the kids are in school now. And so we were pushing the business so much more. Um, And so as far as learning from failures and, and doing things 
right the first time. Certainly there have been tons and tons of mistakes in between, but I do think that the overall philosophy from the beginning of I'm going to raise these babies and then we're going to figure it out as we go along. Clearly, you know, making onesies and and pretzels were not the thing. And we've come out on the other side with a touch of landscape and planting plans. But for the most part, we're uh, creating content, showing people how to style their spaces, showing people how to love where they live. Um, And that that brings me joy in my job that I didn't think that I was going to get back when I was first starting. So that kind of brings us to our third topic, which is the kids, raising the kids. I mean, I I would say if there's, other than in my own career, looking back like, yeah, I could have done that differently. Raising kids is probably the one spot where I look back and it's dozens of things probably weekly. That we did wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, should have done it this other way. Yeah. I mean... The the first one that really sticks out in my mind, and I'm sure you'll remember this too, is when our oldest child was in kindergarten. She brought home a report card and she didn't do well on it. In kindergarten. In kindergarten. I remember at first I was like, whatever. But then like I got myself worked up about it. And I you don't know if I was just one. in a bad mood or what, but I I like let her have it about not being able to read or something or <laughs> not studying i don't know what it was but i think i probably took you off that ledge because you and i that is one thing that we we now agree on i think no i remember when i walked away from like wow she's in kindergarten yeah and this is like the report card didn't even have letter it had letters it didn't have letter grade but it was like s and g yes good and satisfactory and she had mostly in for non-satisfactory mostly goods yeah. But one was like a satisfactory. I'm like, what are you getting satisfactory for? <laughs> well, I do think that that's, that's been a struggle with me too. The children's whole life is seeing them for the age that they are because we're with them every day yes. and we see them. Um, and so you look back at that and go, oh my gosh, she was in kindergarten. Like she was so little. Right. But now, when I, think, I think when that, that particular incident, I remember at the time walking away from me like, what a jerk I am. Like, She's in kindergarten. She's. But I do think that we've also learned something that at least my parents didn't do with me, which is you make a mistake and then we go back and we talk about it. We go back right. and we apologize and we say, you know, we we shouldn't have talked to you that way. We shouldn't have, you know, mommy made a mistake. I'm sorry I yelled. I was upset. I shouldn't have, you know. So, like, we're we're teaching our children that. I feel like I'm constantly justifying the bad stuff we're doing, but that's not how I feel yeah, about it. Of course, it. you have to. <laughs> so right? I can sleep at night. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, and of course she's the oldest too, so she's the first one. Yeah, she's, she's like the trial yeah, child. She definitely is. And then, but then you do learn the thing that everybody says, which is so true that every child is different. So different. Right. Our four are definitely four completely different. Yeah. Yeah, and how you can discipline them and what you can say to them and and what they can handle and all those things. And so it's an exhausting job. It is. You know, I coach football, and we always have these themes every year. And a couple of years ago, our theme was relentless. And I remember thinking, and I think I even told the players this one day, 
you know, we talk about being relentless on this field. And I remember telling him, y'all don't know what relentless is until you try to raise kids. <laughs> that job, that is a relentless job. Yeah. Like you never get to stop. Yeah. You go to bed at night. You're so tired. And you're you're hoping that they're going to stay asleep the whole night. And yeah. I mean, even as a couple nights ago, one of them came in our room. Yeah. Yeah, the 11-year-old. So it's, it's not even... Yeah, I never. You don't ends. even. You don't even get to sleep, even when you're sleeping. Right. They're still. Right. They're still coming at you. Yeah, and it's it's uh it's the the kind of thing that I think I realized about four or five years ago. I don't know why it took me. I mean, our children were all born. We had all four of our children, and I realized after I came out of my pregnancy fog because I'd basically been in a mommy pregnancy fog for like I don't even know how many years straight. I think I finally came out of it and realized that. I will be their mother forever. I will always be worried or thinking about them or it doesn't matter like how old they get. They can be 50 years old and they're away from me and they could be driving down the road one day and get an accident and get killed. Like in that, the, the, the worry of a parent never, they're always your child. They'll never, you'll never escape it. Um, Not that you want to escape it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that's a realization that hit me that, we're not done. Once they hit, you know, graduate high school or whatever, we're not done. Right. It goes on and on and on. But, I mean, they are, in some ways, you're done with them. I mean, that's kind of, again, we say we didn't have a plan, but then as things started happening, we're like, yes, that's our plan, is that we wanted to have our kids early mm-hmm. so that we would be done having kids early. And, and close together to an age. Right. But, once we but, started having them, uh, having them, that ball was ball was rolling downhill, and right. we were going to have all of them until we were done. Until we were done, which we are, I think, unless God decides to hit the old smite button on us. <laughs> He's smiting us. <laughs> but that they'll all kind of be out of the house, and they'll be we will still be relatively young and that that number changes every year young changes every year for mm-hmm. us right because 20 was young and now 30 is young and uh-huh. 40 is going to be young yeah but, but the point being we had them young so that uh we could travel with them and do things with them as a family when we weren't having to change diapers as we were on vacation right and which by the way trips with children aren't vacations right they are family trips let's go ahead and establish that i feel real hard about that one yes very hard about it's, that one. But that's true. It's I mean, 100% you're not, true. You're not enjoying yourself. I mean, the one vacation we had since we've had children was without children. Yeah. It's just me and you. We've had one. And it was a life changer, wasn't it? It was. It really was. What did you think? Me. You you just got instantly sharper. You were a whole You were a whole new person. I was, well, I was the person you married. Yeah. Before <laughs> was, all these kids ruined it. I was it. the person. I was the person that I was before we had kids. Which was a di- very different person. I wasn't thinking Not about very different, but just less stressed. Less stressed. Well, my I wasn't. My brain wasn't occupied, right? By what they were going to eat, four mouths to feed, diapers packed. Like, do we have wipes? Do we have all the things that they need to go on this trip? Right. Um, Where are we going to stop? Do they need to take a nap? We've got to yeah, get back the naps. in bed. Lord, you live by a nap schedule when they're when they're little like that. So, right. Yeah, that was. Anyway, I forgot what we were talking about. Well, so <laughs> what we were going to say, or were, to finish your thought, was that they would all be done being raised 
We can enjoy, we can we enjoy them as adults, which right. I think I think that we'll love. I think there's so many people who love the baby stage of things, and I was fine with baby stage, but I truly feel like I'm going to enjoy our children as adults more. But you have to get them to that stage. Right. You have to get them to be the adults. And so I want to raise children who are adults that I want to hang out with. So yes. what is the child that I'm raising that I want to hang out with as an adult? So that's I think I think they're on the right path. For I think that. they're on the right path too, for sure. Hey, time will tell. <laughs> the other thing too, and this is something that I thought of much later, but I never wanted to be that dad that was like the old dad that yeah. couldn't go out and throw the ball with his kids or Yeah. And I remember Some people don't have a good choice about that. Sometimes we have infertility issues and well, things sure, like that, of course, sure. that you can't really can't really do. Right. You I mean, would have again, taken babies whenever you could have them. I would Let's have. be honest here. I would have. You love the babies. I do love the babies. You love them. So, we, so not only did we want to be to the age or of an age where we could still enjoy them as adults and travel with them freely and not feel like we're a burden on or a hindrance on travel, but also hopefully we'll have more money then too to do the things right. that we want. Because school teacher and starting out designer ain't exactly a recipe for right. lifestyles of the rich and famous. And so let's hit the struggle bus when we're young and the kids are little and then try to um, enjoy it all together when more comes to us and we're a little older and we can all enjoy each other and the fruits of our labor of our life, basically. Right. If you'd like to watch us and not just listen to us, you could watch us on YouTube um, and be sure to like and comment and subscribe. Yep, we're uh, building Aaronsburg on Facebook. We're building Aaronsburg on Instagram, and we're building Aaronsburg at gmail dot com. If you want to email us questions, comments, or even stories about your construction process, but until next time, bye y'all. Bye y'all. Is that when we cut things out, when you're wrong? I probably should review these subjects before we start talking about them. I, just, I, I tried ideas. to get them to you, and I believe you are on this shared document. Am I? Well, let me hit this button right here and see what it says. No, you're not. <laughs> so the second thing I want to talk about then is doing it right when it comes to starting a business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. Dog. Teddy.